Hi there! You're about to listen to a vintage episode of the Under the Microscope podcast. While the content is still as relevant and as interesting as when it was recorded, our webpage has changed. You can now find us at thesciencetalk.com slash real-scientist-nano. Welcome to Under the Microscope. This series is brought to you by the Real Scientists Nano team. Our goal is to provide a platform where scientists can communicate their work and interact with the public. With that in mind, every week we introduce you to a scientist working in the field of materials and nanoscience who would be curating the RealSci underscore nano Twitter account. Hi everyone, today we have with us uh, Halan Mohammed, who is a PhD candidate at the University College London in the UK. So hi Helen, how are you doing? Hi, I'm good, how are you? Good, excited to learn more about you and your research. Um, so let's start by understanding your scientific journey so far. So how did you end up in your current research field? Um, so I studied chemical engineering as an undergraduate. Um, I guess why I studied chemical engineering is uh, maybe a little bit more of a philosophical question. So I, I kind of decided to do chemical engineering because I wanted to uh, improve the world that we live in and doing it through engineering seemed like a good route because uh, all aspects of our lives uh, are touched by engineering in some way. So if you can make things uh, more efficient or uh, more environmentally friendly at a, uh, uh, not a small scale, but a larger scale, um, it kind of filters into society. So that's why I did chemical engineering. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I did this as my undergraduate. And in my final year, we were able to join a research project. Um, I happened to join uh, the group that I'm currently part of uh, to start which what was actually the groundwork of what I'm doing now as my PhD topic. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's safe to say that I enjoyed it enough to want to continue. So when the opportunity for funding came around, I decided to delve deeper into the research I was doing to see, you know, how, how things would pan out, basically. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. OK, all right. It's, it's so cool that it, it, it was more the ethical or the moral uh, morality was one of the driving factors for you to go for chemical engineering. like. <laughs> Yeah, people usually think, oh, oil, uh, chemical engineering, so you're going to go into oil and gas and ruin the environment. <laughs> <laughs> it's more to improve the environment, hello. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's so cool to have that clarity before starting your undergrad. That is, that is very admirable, I must say. I didn't have that clarity when I started my undergrad in metallurgical and material science. I just thought that this is super cool and I want to do it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's a good reason too uh, this is just more of a big picture and then I decided to do this because it is cool <laughs> okay super super um, so um, now that you're doing uh, you did speak a little bit about your current research um, it's more about like membranes and bio-inspired uh, membranes to, to do the water filtering or puration of water uh, so where do you 
think or where do you see your current research fit in this big picture of materials on nanoscience? How does it fit in this big puzzle? So um, what I work on mostly is modifying uh, polymers on more of like a nanoscale to improve the performance of the, the membranes in like infiltration to kind of in, uh, increase their lifetime. Um, but the, I guess the bio-inspired part kind of helps me fit into different scales. So I mostly work on nano kind of micro scale, but I also think of things on a larger scale. So I'm, I'm well, uh, cause I'm still an engineer. I'm always kind of thinking of if I do it this way, will it work if I want to scale this up so this is successful and this, I, I I don't know if I will, but it, it, will it will this make sense? Does this method make sense to scale up? Would it work on a larger scale? So I kind of work more on the nano and micro scale in terms of just the material performance, but I'm also kind of uh, I I kind of look towards the larger scales as well too. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay, so when you're working on developing a te technique or improving a technique, you are always thinking in mind, okay, can this be stretched to the production level is this possible yeah. to put on an industrial level because at the end of the day this that that is where you want to see your research headed um okay all right oh that's that's really cool that sounds super super interesting absolutely um so it does sound to me that you are involved with quite a lot of interesting research projects or experiments so to say um if you have to pick one that you're most proud of or the most fun or quirky one, I know it's difficult because all your experiments must be super close to your heart. Uh, but if you have to pick one uh, that you're most proud of, could you do that and explain it to us in, uh, in simple words in the section we call In Other Words? Yeah, um, so it does feel like I'm picking a favor out of my children. But um, if I had to, um, I would say I'm most proud of my work on polymer brushes as a method to uh, avoid absorption. Um, so polymer brushes are basically what they sound like and they are polymer chains that are attached to a surface on one end. So if you want to visualize it, just think of like your hairbrush or your comb, it's just a, a brush basically. Um, and the way they work to reduce uh, absorption of unwanted co of, uh, compounds is, uh, well, it depends mostly on the polymer properties themselves, but uh, it works mostly on the, the, the fact that they take up space in the system and that, and how they bind water molecules uh, as, a, to, as a kind of shield from absorption of, of, sort of uh, compounds that want to attach themselves to the chain, basically. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. I hope that was simple enough. It was hard to uh, break down the jargon, but I hope that sense yeah and I think I think uh, it did uh, it did help um, understand it a little bit especially the comparison with the comb uh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so, uh, it, it, I can see why you picked this as the, the experiment or research project that you're most proud of or most fun one let's call it most fun one let's not I'm sure you're proud of all of your uh, experiments um, so um, how, how, what were the dimensions? What dimensions are we looking at when we are talking about a polymer brush? So um, it depends. So you can grow a brush up to within like, um, it's mostly I guess in the um, 
nanometer scale. So it depends on your reaction conditions and such and what you actually want to achieve. But you could uh, grow a brush out with, say, 15 nanometers thick or even like 100 or more. But it really depends. Like, I think mine are, are like around 50 nanometers. So they're not particularly long. But uh -huh. I have seen papers where people have reported quite thick brushes. Wow, and th so this is basically an array of nanopillars, uh, if we can call them so, just standing up on on the surface. Is that is yeah. that how it looks like, or nanopillars? In my mind, I think of something slightly thicker, more kind of like um, hairs. I guess is probably a better comparison rather than pillars. Pillars it sounds more like a more substantial, thicker. You know, it's more like right. a hairy structure. Uh-huh, okay, so do, but do they get tangled then? They can do, um, so that's kind of delving more into the physics that I don't, I try to avoid if I'm being honest, but okay. um, it, it really depends on like the interactions between the brush, interaction between the brush and like what solvent it's in, if it's a, a good one and it's happy and it wants to extend, or if it's in a bad one and it just kind of wants to just kind of uh, shrink into itself, so it, it's, uh, it's <laughs> It depends on a lot of things, but they can get tangled, I guess. It's all kind of, um, uh -huh. you know, it's all on a very, very small scale, which is still very strange for me to be working at because uh, when I was doing my undergrad, I didn't think of anything smaller than meters. Uh, <laughs> so, it's, uh, it's, so it's been a learning process. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's way, way smaller than a meter. If you're yeah. talking about... 50 nanometer uh, dimensions here. Uh, that sounds super, super, that is already super, super small. Um, so what, one more question on this, because I really find this yeah. fascinating. Um, what can these brushes be used for? Uh, of course, not combing our hair, because our hair are thicker than that. But <laughs> what, can these, what, what are the applications uh, of these brushes? These super cool looking, I'm assuming, tiny, tiny, Combs. <laughs> uh, so I've seen um, them being used in like some, some very very different fields. So even yesterday, I think I saw a paper where they'd been used in catalysis. So they used a polymer brush to then have like mutilation of the catalyst they were trying to use for. I, I, uh, I'll admit I don't remember which reaction it was. I was just more like uh, fascinated. I was like, wow, I didn't even think of using a brush to have like to grow like a nucleation sites for other things but I've also seen them in like biosensors so to have like you can functionalize the ends to have like a specific receptor to something that you want to see and I don't know like I guess you could probably use it in um glucose sensing don't quote me on this because I'm not sure this is not my field <laughs> but if it was something that you can have like a more specific receptor on the end it can help you sense that and hopefully also uh, reduce the likelihood of a false signal where you would have something else that's not really specific to what you want to see attaching mm -hmm. to it. What else have I seen? I've seen it in um, as a way to kind of stabilize colloids, I think. I've also mm -hmm. seen it, I get it, within my field, I've, used, I've seen people use it for um, to uh, kill bacteria. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I've seen many, many things. So I use it for one specific reason, but people use it for very various reasons. And 
to be honest, it always, whenever I see a new paste, I'm like, wow, I didn't even think of that. I didn't know that you could use it for that, but it's great. That's what science is. Yeah, it sounds like a complete hidden world, or at least hidden from me, about these nano brushes. Like there is an entire task force or community of scientists focusing on creating these nano brushes and then finding different applications of these nano. This sounds so cool. I must say, this sounds super duper cool. <laughs> Thank you for telling me about it and telling all the listeners about it as well. Um, so I, I, I hope that your research experience so far has been amazing and will continue to be amazing in the future as well. Um, however, if you have three wishes to improve your research experience, uh, what would you ask for? And I'm not promising anything here. <laughs> it's a shame. I was really, I had my wish list ready for you. Um, <laughs> uh, I think what I would really like is well right now I'm actually waiting for a delivery to continue my experiment so instantaneous deliveries would be great if you just like you know like in Star Trek where you can beam things I would love something like that oh I need this this reagent just you know call up uh, whatever whichever chemical company and just have it delivered that moment that'd be great Mm-hmm. Um, I would love some endless funding so you don't have to worry about, oh, will this work with this? Am I just wasting money buying this or should I just try something else? You know, because I always feel a sense of guilt as well because I have to try and make sure that what I'm I'm trying to purchase, what I'm doing, mm-hmm. isn't a waste of public money. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so endless funding would be great. There'll be no guilt, no worries. Um, and also, this is probably the cheekiest of my wishes, but I would love things to work the first time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, very, very unique uh, wishes, I must say. Starting with the instantaneous deliveries and well, any funding is extremely important to things working in the first go. Yeah, that would be, I, I, th- I think a lot of scientists would want that. Um, I think everyone would love that. I think research would be so much quicker. We'd be so much further if things worked the first time around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is true. That is true. All three very, very important wishes. And I wish I could just snap my fingers and be like, yes, it's going to tomorrow when you wake up, all these three wishes do come true. And this is the world that you're going to live in. Uh, <laughs> A beautiful world. <laughs> yeah, that would be that would be my thing. I wish I had that ability. Um, having said that, I would like to believe that at least we are working towards uh, towards it, like um, endless funding, for example, not having uh, to think every day about is my research really going to bring results? Am I am I investing the taxpayers' money in, a, in the best way possible? And it's already great that you, as a scientist, you are already aware of it. I think that's the first um, step towards um, being mindful and uh, towards acquiring, hopefully, the endless funding. I hope so. (laughs) Um, I would like to believe that we are working towards it, especially the third one with the experiments working the first time. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Yeah, we'll put it out in the in the universe. Absolutely. Um, and speaking of future, um, what are you most looking forward to in the next three months? Um, I would love to say I'm looking forward to a holiday that I've booked, but unfortunately, that's not on my list 
of to-dos in the next three months. Um, what I am looking forward to is, uh, so I started a um, project with one of the other lab members in my group. Mm-hmm. Um, we work on very different things, actually. So it's quite funny that we found a way to work together. Um, but I'm really looking forward to seeing how this works. I'm hoping, like uh, I wished for, everything works the first time round, and the, the what we expect to happen will happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, research is uh, research, so we'll see how how it goes. <laughs> but I am excited to see how it goes at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Fair, fair enough. And I do hope you do get to go on a holiday at some point in the near future. Uh, that would be good. Absolutely. Fingers crossed. I think I think a lot of people oh. are rooting for that to be able to go. Yeah. On a, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, super. So uh, before we let you go, uh, what I want to understand from you is. What are the big challenges faced by the field of materials or nanoscience? Or what are the big questions that the the scientific community, especially the scientific community around you, is trying to uh, work towards addressing? Like, what are the big questions? Um, So I would say uh, the, so what I work on with, worrying about oh, I say worrying about one um, wanting to try and reduce the kind of dirtying or as uh, we usually uh, call it uh, fouling is so it's a problem that affects so so many uh, industries it's more kind of are we just kind of like partially kind of mediating the problem so we don't have to deal with it for uh, maybe a longer period but uh, it seems like a lot of things that, say, I do or other people in the field do only kind of partially help alleviate the problem, but we're not really solving anything. I don't know whether I am being maybe a little bit too um, optimistic, uh, thinking that maybe in the future we could solve the problem or at least solve it to a greater degree. Uh, I guess it's more of a um, maybe it's, more philosophical to think oh you know maybe we should be thinking about solving entirely yeah uh, I guess it really depends but um, I guess with research and with life in general nothing's perfect so maybe it's a little too optimistic to assume that we can solve the problems that are faced in this field and yeah that does make sense that does make sense absolutely are we really solving the problem or do we only think that we are solving the problems because the big questions are quite evident uh, to a certain extent um yeah that's a that's a very nice note to note to end on uh so thank you helen for speaking with us and we are looking forward to having you on real scientist nano looking forward to curating next week for sure should be a fun week I hope so. I really hope so. It will be. I'm sure it will be. <laughs> Thank you for listening. To know more about us, please visit our website, realscientistsnano.org, and follow us on Twitter at realsci underscore nano.